Welcome to Grace Life Church Podcast. If you would like any more information about us, please visit our website, gracelife.com.au. Not Scott, and I'm not Josh, <laughs> but um, <coughs> Scott has told you a little bit about myself. Uh, <coughs> Sue and I are really privileged to be here uh, as a member of this church. And as God said, we um, run a life group, and it's just fantastic to be connected to a beautiful group of people that we can call a little family, but also to you because we can call you our big family. So we really feel privileged to be a part of, of uh, this church and what the church is doing, not only here in, in, um, in this part of the woods, but also in Africa. Sue and I had the privilege of going to Africa last year <clears throat> with the team there. And our hearts were just, it was just such a fantastic thing to see what this church is doing. Now, really, this morning, I, I think it's all been said. <laughs> uh, it's really Liam's testimony, his life, uh, what he spoke about with his life, th- th- that's God. It's all about Jesus. So this morning, what I'm going to attempt to do, well, what God is going to do, I believe, is going to, we're going to be talking about why the church. Why the church? Now, the church is not just people. Oh, sorry, not just the building, but it's about people. It's about why we come here and it's about what we do when we leave here. We come here once a week on a Sunday. But it, so what I'd like to do is uh, see if all this is going to work. Kind of put this, oh, here we go, Why Church. Uh, so if you have your Bibles, I'd like you to turn to Hebrews chapter 10. And we're just going to read from uh, uh, verse, uh, verse 19 through to verse 25. Now, what I like about the book of Hebrews, it, they call it the fifth gospel. The fifth gospel, because the four gospels were, was, was mostly about what God did while he was here on this earth. But the book of Hebrews talks about what God is doing now with the Heavenly Father seated at the right hand. What he represents to you, what he represents to me as his church. So in Hebrews chapter 10, reading out of the NIV... It says, the law is only a shadow of the good, news, of the good things that are coming. Not the, uh, not the real, realities themselves. For these reasons, it can never be the same sacrifices repeated endlessly year after year. Now, this book was written to the Jews, the Jewish Christians. They had come from rituals. And what Paul is trying to get him to do is say, hey, that's, we don't have to do that anymore. It's a new, we, we, we now belong to Jesus. For the worshipers would have been cleansed once for all and would no longer have felt guilty of their sins. But their sacrifices are an annual reminder of sin. It is impossible for the blood of bulls and goats to take away the sins. They don't have to do that anymore. 
Verse 24. And let us consider how we might spur one another on toward love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day approaching. Let me say this again. Not giving up the meeting together as some are in the habit of, but encouraging, spurring one another on, and all the more to do this because the day, the day is coming. That day is coming. Let's just pray. Thank you, Father. <clears throat> Father, the day is approaching of your coming to rule over all the uncertainties that we face today. Father, it's all about you. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whosoever shall believe in him will not perish, but have everlasting life. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Why church? You know, as I was going through this study, it's interesting, uh, I, I was triggered back to my childhood. And uh, I remember, um, I, I spent a lot of time with my grandmother. And uh, in the wintertime, we had this potbelly stove, and we used coal. Uh, coal, uh, at that time, we had to get it in big chunks to put it in a potbelly to keep, to keep warm. I'm, I'm going to talk about four to below zero. It was coal. And um, I remember her stoking up the stove, and the, 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 the potbelly would get red hot on the outside. And then I remember there were times when she would take part of the, as it was burning down, she would take the coals out of the pot belly. And what struck me, as the coals were taken out of the pot belly and put on the side, it began to cool. It was no longer fueled or heated by the other coals in the pot belly. And you know, today, it's kind of like us as people who come to church. You know, in the book of Hebrews, it says, do not forsake the gathering of his people. Because what we know is that if we start to move away from coming to church, it is possible that we could grow cold, that we can actually move, go into another direction. Because the reason we come to church is because we can be encouraged. We have fathers, Mike. We have fathers. We have mothers in the church to encourage us, to inspire us on to do good deeds. But you see, there are other things that are going on to keep us from the church. Now, these are things that you're not aware of, I don't want to over-spiritualize this morning, as some of the terms I get. But there is a battle that's going on to keep you from coming to this place. 
There is a battle to keep you, to, to, to divert you away from coming together and b being encouraged and inspired by God through his people, through the dads, through the moms in this church. There's a battle. So this morning, for a short time, I just want to mention five things quickly. What does the church have to offer? And we've been singing about some of those things this morning uh, in some of the songs. The first thing the church has to offer, now there's many more, is a sense of belonging. I am telling you, there are many, many bodies or entities trying to get you to belong. I was listening to, uh, on ABC, there was a bunch of young people. They were about, it looked like to me they were between 20s and 30s, but it could have been, when you get to be my age, everyone looks the same, okay? So they all look the same to me. But I think probably between 20 and, and uh, 30. And they were debating about uh, the pros and cons of social media. And one of the things that they talked about, they said, oh, right, yeah, uh, it, it's good, and it is good. Social media is good because um, there, there are things that, I, I remember Sue and I, we, um, when, when the co right in the middle of the COVID, we used um, use technology to talk to our grandkids in New Zealand and because they couldn't visit us. So that was good. And there, there are other things that, that technology really is good for us. But they began to talk about, well, we pulled away from social media. So there's a group that say, we, we didn't do social media for quite a while. But what happened when they came back to the group that continued to do social media, they felt isolated. They didn't feel like they belonged. And you may have the same experience. Uh, social media, it, it makes you feel certain things. It can cause you to have impressions about yourself. So these guys, these young, women, young men and women, began to talk about the impact of social media. We're the most connected people that, that, that's ever, we've, we've been, we are the most connected people, but yet we are the most isolated. Belonging. The church offers a belonging. When you come to church and you join a life group, you have a sense a belonging. Now, I have the opportunity to belong to many different things. We have a veteran of foreign wars. You know, I, I go there because a lot of the soldiers have been in a war. And that war, uh, you can talk about stuff that you can't talk about with everybody because most people don't get it. So I go there because people get me. And I could have a sense of belonging. But I also come here and I have not only a sense of belonging to you, but I have a sense of belonging to God. In John 7, verse 11, it says, I will remain in the world no longer, but they are still in the world, and I'm coming to you. Holy Father, protect them so they be as one as we are. God wants us to be as one with him. He wants us to be one with him. He wants to sanctify us by the truth. Your word is truth. And I can tell you now that we are exposed to so many lies that the truth sometimes is hard to find. 
It is hard to find because the truth will do what? It will set us free. But the lies that are there are very powerful in many ways. Twenty-one, that all of them may be one, Father, just as you and I, you in me, and I am in you. May they also be in us, so that the world may believe that you have sent me. That is so important. Because if we don't belong to the church and we don't come together, we can, we can actually move away from the truth, the truth that will set us free, mentally, emotionally, physically, spiritually. Father, I want those you have given me to be where I am. And to see my glory, the glory you have given me because you loved me before the creation of the world. Liam was talking about the love of God. It is beyond our understanding as how someone can love us before we even existed. We can't even get our heads around that. But God, before we were created in the secret places, God loved us. He loved us. Now may the God of peace himself sanctify you completely and may your whole spirit, soul, and body be kept blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Not only does he want to separate us from the world, we are of the world, uh, sorry, we are in the world, but we are not of the world. He not only wants to separate us from the world, but he wants to separate us mind, sorry, body, soul, and spirit so that we can fulfill our purpose and destiny in God. You know, there are many people that I intersect with and um, there's a big lie, you know, it, 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 there's a person that lies to us. And he tries to get us to a certain place. Now, you may have heard this. It's actually in your head. You know, Leah was talking about his journey this morning. You know, many of us have those kinds of journeys. We all have a journey, as Liam said. But what I want to tell you this morning is that when we have certain experiences in life, we can actually get to a place that, that lie, the bombardment, the torture. The idea is, is for you to get to a place, for me to get to a place where you'll hear these words. People would be better off if you weren't around. Powerful. Now, some of you have heard that voice. I intersect with people when they've come to the end of the line, that voice is so loud, so loud. Your husband would be better off if you weren't around. Your wife would be better off if you weren't around. Your family would be better off if you weren't around. The biggest lie, the biggest lie. What I want to say to you is that 
God loves us. God loves us. And you know, even in all of this, there had to be a sense of belonging. Because if you were trying to fight in this kind of conditions, you would not make it. You would give up. And what you probably don't know is that the way some people gave up in that war was to shoot themselves. It was too much. But those kind of things weren't in a newspaper. So belonging, it is very important for us to belong. The second thing I want to emphasize is church office healing. Healing. Now, sometimes later in the book of John, now he was having this, um, it was a, a pool. It was called uh, uh, Bethesda, which is the uh, mercy, pool of mercy, healing. So it was a place that Jesus was on his way to the Jewish uh, festival, and he went past this particular pool. Sometimes later, Jesus went up to Jerusalem for one of the Jewish festivals. Now there is a there in Jerusalem near the Sheep Gate a pool, which an Aramaic is called Bethesda, and which is surrounded by five covered colonnades. Here, a great number of disabled people used to lie: the blind, the lame, paralyzed. Now, verse four is left out because it. Uh, the, it, it was uh, didn't, they didn't have this in the old manuscript, so it was left out. One who was there had been in an invalid for 38 years. When Jesus saw him lying there and learned that he had been in those conditions for a long time, he asked him, "Do you want to get well? Do you want to be healed, sir?" The invalid replied. I have no one to help me into the pool when the water is stirred. While I am trying to get in, someone else goes down ahead of me. Then Jesus said to him, get up, pick up your mat and walk. At once the man was cured, he picked up his mat and walked. Liam has had a lot of healing this morning. Do you want to be healed? Do you want to get well? Jesus says, pick up your mat and walk. You see, this man was trying to get, it was said that if you get to the pool, you would be healed. You know, there are many things in the world that say, hey, look, if you can just take that smoke of this and that, you're going to be okay. If you can just get over here and join this crowd, or if you can, to, if you can take this drink, you are going to be okay. Something trying to get you, there's, there's something, someone trying to get you to, to, to focus on something else except Jesus. But you see, when our lives intersect with Jesus, the first thing Jesus will say to you is, do you want to get well? Because he is in the business of healing. He wants to heal us. And you know, when you come to church and the worship team is up here, there is healing taking place. There are things that are happening in our bodies, our beings, that you can't explain. There are things that happen when, in my body when I'm sitting here and the worship team is up here and I'm really into it. There are things about me that I don't understand, but I know God is in it and he is healing me. 
He is the great healer. Jesus. Jesus. His word is get up and walk. Do you want to be, get well? Do you want to get well? He is the person who can make heal you the body, the physical. He can heal you mentally. He can heal you emotionally. He can heal you spiritually. Do you want to get well? When we come to church, the church is all offers healing. Now, unfortunately, you know, I intersect with people. <laughs> we all have this thing in our minds. Now, some people I intersect with, they're not churchgoers, okay? Now, church knowers, uh, you'll see where this turns up. But we talk about the inner critic. And I'm telling you, the inner critic, we all have one. My inner critic is telling me right now is that, well, he's telling this guy right now, man, you are a loser. You're never going to mount anything. You're an idiot. You're stupid. You're not going to get anywhere in life. Lies. It will weigh you down. It will cause you to feel trapped. He would just continue on laying what? Lying to you. You said it. Was that you said that? Oh, sorry. Lying. Sorry. Okay. Someone said it here. We have so many things in our minds that are simply lies. We don't even like ourselves sometimes. I hear that inner critic. Your, the inner critic will talk to you. It will be something that someone said to you maybe five or ten years ago, or maybe twenty years ago. But the inner critic, he likes to keep it alive. He likes to keep it alive. You know, the good news is, he is the sorry, not the good news. The father, he is the father of lies. But when we drift away from coming together as a church, the potential of those lives becoming real, becoming real, it can become real here. I am an idiot. I'm not a good Christian. I'm the worst dad. I'm the worst mom. I'm the worst person. And people would be better off if I wasn't around. The other thing the church offers is restoration. Restoration. In Psalm 14, verse 7, uh, sorry, Ephesians chapter 6, I want us to understand that uh, when we have verses like this in the Bible, it is letting us know that we are in a fight. We are in a fight. You're in a fight. I am in a fight. Even the people who don't come to church, they're in a fight. In the book of Ephesians, it talks a little bit about that fight. 
Finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the full arm of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes, against his lies. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against rulers, against authorities, against powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Therefore, put on the full armor of God. Now he goes on, and then he tells us how to put it on. Because if you put that on, it's not a, a physical thing, it is a spiritual thing to protect you as, as believers as we go forth in God's army, he is to protect us. It is to protect us. I can imagine in the war that I experienced, there were times that if we didn't have a, if you didn't have that uh, protection, you would be killed. So you had a very pow a strong pot over your head. And that was because when a bomb would explode, all the shrapnel, the razor blades, the, the whatever they can get a hold of, when that thing exploded, it's going to just, it's just going to hit you. And the, and the thing you want to protect is your head. So they had a steel pot. You had steel soles. And so when something exploded, you could actually survive in the physical. But there's something much more ha happening in the spiritual. And we need that protection. If we don't put on the full armor of God, then the, 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 the capacity to be hurt, the capacity to be wounded, the, the capacity to be incapacitated becomes greater. We are not fighting against flesh and blood, but against rulers and authorities and powers. It goes on to say, that the weapons we fight with are not of this world. In 2 Corinthians chapter 10, the weapons we fight with are not the weapons of this world. On the contrary, they have divine power to tear down strongholds. So when you come to church, you're going to be encouraged. Look, protect yourself. Don't let the enemy keep lying to you. You're a fantastic person. I have words that I, I know that God has a, has a plan for you, as Mike said, for Liam. I don't quite know what it is, but God does have a plan. Because in the book of Jeremiah, it says, I know the plans I have for you, not to harm you, but to give you a future and a hope. There's no hope out there. There's no hope. There's no hope. You see, when you come into this building, why church? When you come into this building, you're going to get hope. You're going to, be, you're going to get hopeful because you're being encouraged. You're in a battle, but you're not alone. You're in an army of God. You're on the winning side because God says that the gates of hell will not stand against the church. God is going to build his church, and the gates of hell would never stand against it. You are part of that army. And as you put on that armor of God, and the spiritual world becomes more real to you, or as real to you as this physical world, you will understand the battle that you're in. You will be able to protect yourself. You'll be able to be really excited about coming to church because you know that you're going to be encouraged to do good deeds.
and to realize that you are loved so much that God gave his only son that if you believe in him, you're not going to ever perish. You're going to live forever. You come to church. We get encouraged. The other thing that happens when we come to church is we find our identity. I can't tell you the number of 50-year-olds and 60-year-olds and sometimes 70-year-olds. They don't know who they are. People are searching for an identity. You see, according to science, the way that our bodies are designed, Around 1819, that's when we began to, to get a little bit of understanding of who we are. We go through what you call a, a social psycho, um, social psycho development. And there's certain things that develop in the brain. And so around 18 or 19, ideally, if everything has come together, we know you'll know who you are. In the book of John, it says the thief comes to kill, steal, and destroy. By the time sometimes we get to 18 or 19, we've, we believe so many lies that God has stolen. The enemy has stolen what God intended that you know who you are, identity. You see, when you come into church and you begin to come in contact with some of the fathers, some of the moms, some of the encouragers, you're going to begin to understand who you are. You're going to understand what kind of mom you are, what kind of dad you are, what kind of grandparent you are, what kind of person you are in the army of God. You're going to begin to understand. You're going to begin to understand why do you live halfway around the world. You're going to understand who you are, the identity. You see, ultimately, we come to church. What the church has to offer is because what God is wanting is for, for your identity to be in who? God, Christ, Jesus Christ. He wants you to understand that if you keep coming to church, that the, even though the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy, you will begin to understand that God, Jesus, has come to give you life and give it to the fullest to the fullest, and you will begin to dismiss the lies which uh, will begin to take away from your life. You'll dismiss it. It'll be things that you won't believe because that's what the thief will do. He will come and steal your identity. He will steal your life. He will steal your life. Church, do not forsake the gathering of the believers. God says, I know the plans I have for you, not to harm you, but to give you hope and a future.
And lastly, the last thing We'll just have one more. The wrath of God is being revealed from heaven against all godlessness and wickedness of people who suppress the truth by their wickedness since the way, uh, since what may be known about God is plain to them because God has made it plain to them for since the creation of the world, God's invisible qualities, his eternal power, his divine nature have been, made, have been clearly seen, being understood from what has been made so people with, are without an excuse. Being seen from what is made, that's how I know God exists. When I first got to Vietnam, and we're closing now, I arrived and there were two guys celebrating. They had one day to go. They were celebrating, and then um, I had just arrived. And they said, uh, look, you need to sleep in this bunker underground because when we get attacked, uh, the sandbags will absorb the, the, the shrapnel. And I said, oh, I, I cannot. I don't think I can actually stand. I don't think I can actually stand sleeping underground. So that night, I went to sleep, and I placed my boots in a certain place, the boots that I, that I was issued with. Now, those boots have a steel sole. So you, it, you can't, if you walk on something, you know, you can't, it, it won't penetrate and poison you. So as I was asleep that night, we got attacked. We got attacked. And there was lots of screaming, yelling. Those two guys passed away. They were blown up. I went into total shutdown. I was traumatized. I was that way, they tell me, for three or four weeks. I just did not know what was going on. And today, it does affect my amygdala to a certain degree. It affects my hippocampus. These are all things in the brain. And those things play a part of how you function in life. So I was lying on my back. I'd been on guard duty. I was on guard duty. And then it was my time to have a break. And I remember lying down. I was facing, looking up. I had my rifle across me. And I started to look into the sky. And I saw the stars. I started to understand what has been, been made by God. I started to look at that. There's got to be a God. I came to my senses. I came to my senses. My mind started to function again. And all I wanted to do was to know about this amazing God who made all the things around us. I came to my senses. Do you want to be healed? Do you want to get well? 
I can tell you today, I should have post-traumatic stress disorder. I should not have the capacity to sit up here and talk to you like this. But because of God, what he has done by giving me a sense of belonging, a sense of healing, he's healed some stuff. He's restored me to the person that he meant me to be. He's given me an identity in Christ. He has the ability to touch my mouth, my hands, and touch other people. And most of all, he's given me a purpose. For I know the plans I have for you. Not to harm you, but for good. To give you a hope and to give you a future. Let's pray. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. For God so loved the world that he gave everything his son. He knows the plan that he has for us. Not for evil, but for good. To give us a hope and a future. Do you want to be healed? Do you want to be restored? In Jesus' name. I just want you to um, ponder that. Do you want to be healed? Do you want to belong? See, right now there may be people who don't belong. You may be like the man at the, at the pool of Bethesda. He was trying to get there because he thought that he could be healed. But his life intersected with Jesus, and Jesus said, do you want to get well? Do you want to get, do you want to, do you want healing? So you might, this morning, you might need healing. Now I'm not, I don't have any special, and no one here, but you might, God, he is the healer. You might want to belong. You might want to make this the first day of a life that you begin that's going to be to the fullest to the fullest. So with your head bows, I just want you to ponder that. Do you want to be healed? Do you want to belong? Do you want to be restored? Do you want an identity? Do you want purpose? When we surrender, God can do it all. He can do it all. So what I want you to do, if you feel up to it, fine. If you want to be healed, Jesus, do you want to be healed? At the end of this service, you might just want to walk down. You might want to, some of those things, you might, you just come up, and say, I want to belong to God. I want to belong to this family. You come up. You might say, hey, I want to be healed. 
I want to be restored. I want an identity. I want purpose. I'm going to hand it back to Scott and you ponder those things. For I know the plans I have for you. Not to harm you. But to give you life. To give it to you to the fullest. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. We hope you've enjoyed listening to this podcast from Grace Life Church. For more information about us or any of our services, please visit our website at gracelife.com.au.